Is it just nighttime retainer or is it all the time? It's retainer? all the time for two months. Why would you mm-hmm. want different colors of retainers? It doesn't matter because it's inside. Oh, so you can have like a creepy like blood mouth or something? I got one that glows. Scotch. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 146 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm a content creator. I'm Sam and I'm seasonally confused. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is April 6th, 2018. <laughs> Before we get started. I kind of feel like... You had v- verbal bad kerning. <laughs> yeah, kerned it's about what that was. You kerned, you kerned it funny. Kerned it up. Uh, before we get started, we have a warning. Anything can happen on this show. There's going to be profanity, lewdness, language, language. You name it, it's going to be there. So if Lang you're sewage. improper kerning. Ugh. If you're a child. A, typo- a typographist. If you are a lowercase human being, you should not be listening Ooh. to this. <laughs> But aren't children screaming almost all the time? They are. It's very confusing. Well, they're in bold, you know. They're low, yeah, lowercase they're bold. Lowercase bold. Children are lowercase bold And humans. in rainbow colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so if you're one of those, then get out of here. Stop listening. Go outside. Play with some sticks and dirt. Mm-hmm. Unless you're in St. Louis where it is currently snowing for some stupid reason. Mm-hmm. In which case, stay inside. It's just Drink your, some hot cocoa. It's just your classic mid-April snowstorm. Yeah. You know. Uh, all right, you guys, listen. Mm. Hey, listen. What? Guys. I'm listening. What happened this week was. Was. <laughs> Wait, was that a question or, or are you getting ready That's to what I was trying to feel it. Here it like, goes. This is like a Mad Lib situation. <laughs> <laughs> the Crashlands beta is happening. The come over patch. Right fucking now. <laughs> uh, we got like 100 people testing. Yeah. Testing this game well, through, so, through yeah. our abs program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, had, you know, we opened up. Our abs. We just and got some, <laughs> some surgical instruments just poked in there. Or I yeah. guess, yeah, I don't know. We bulked up our abs. By, by the way, we did. And uh, we got about like 1,200 people in there. Yeah, you but know. we can only we gotta, flex we gotta, a few at a time. Exactly. Because yeah. you don't want to burn out your abs. You got a rippling 1,200 pack yeah. of well, abs. Well, but you actually, you only want to use about a tenth of the pack at once. Wait. Though. Otherwise, you get too tired. We should probably mention abs is our anti-bug squad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's our group of people who test... Stuff who've signed up yet to, to be beta testers yeah. without context, <laughs> without good <laughs> retrospect. <laughs> it's very confusing. Good call. Uh, yeah, so, so we invited, uh, ended up being about 170 people into the, the first wave of this beta, and it's been going on for, I guess, a week now. And it's been good, been real good. I don't, I don't think anybody's made it past the savannah yet. I actually don't it. think anyone's made it past getting it to work on Google Play. That, that was, was that was weirdly the hardest part of the whole thing was <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, well the problem was we had a we had old an old group of testers on Google Play uh, and you you invite people into betas on Google through Google Plus communities it's like the one thing keeping it alive yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so so there were people who had been in previous tests and moved into this new one and mm-hmm. Google. Has been, you know, it's asynchronous, so it wasn't updating for some people, and they couldn't get I in. Think, I and, think it was mostly that just people didn't understand what was because if if you don't know, just you need to know just enough about how these things work to just be able to guess why your thing didn't work in this right. case because because people had you know if, if they have multiple email addresses and they're not actually sure which one Google is even looking at exactly right because you have, you be, have one on the Play Store that you're logged into and then right. one on the Google group that you logged in mm-hmm. with and then and if they're not the same then that's not going to work but also if the ver- depending on versioning because Google Play won't overwrite. By default, it won't overwrite an existing version of a game with one that's a lower version number. 
Right. And so if you got some version number things when you bounce between like two different beta programs or something, then that's yeah. going to throw you off. So there's there's just a little bit that if you don't know, you can just get real stuff. I think the most active, yeah, the most active debugging that happened was actually exactly Google that. debugging. Um, yeah. Which is funny. But one of the one of the bugs that I did see was funny, which I'll briefly mention. So if you die in hardcore mode, then you, you die, in die real permanently. Life. Yeah. So you have out. to restart your game. Uh, and there's no story. Fun. It's very quick. <laughs> it's much more uh, sort of, you know, heightened tension sort of gameplay. And someone died and then Juicebox, his face shows up and he's weeping. And then he converts to a score screen to show you how well you did. Uh, but someone's just got stuck on the weeping. And so his juice box is just crying at them. Well, they did is when they died before the, so when you die and crash into gravestone falls from the sky. And the moment the gravestone hits is the moment where sort of your death gets locked in. So there's like a one second window window. And so the person paused the game and exited before that, the gravestone hit. Right. Cause they're like, Oh no, they tried to, they tried to cheat it, which is good. Cause that's what we want. Right. Mm-hmm. We want we want our testers to yeah, do testers that. Yeah, testers strategy. Uh, and so, so then they came back and then they were kind of, yeah, they just kind of like- Stuck in this weeping juice box loop. They got loop. stuck in weeping juice box limbo. <laughs> so- That's awesome. You know, this, <laughs> these are the kinds of fun experiences that you can have as a beta tester. Yep. So if you want to get involved in this kind of stuff, put your name in the r- ring. In the abs. Put your shorts in the ring, mm-hmm. okay? Now put some lotion on your abs. Yep. Put some lube up your abs. Yep. The URL is bit.ly <laughs> slash powerful bscotch abs with hyphens in between. Uh, is that is that spelled out at the end also or do we insert? <laughs> yes. All lowercase, all uppercase. <laughs> First letters, First letters lowercase, hyphen. hyphenated. And for anyone uh, who was bummed that you didn't get into the beta yet, it was basically a random draw yep. because we can we only want so many people in there at a time. Um, we're probably going to do another random draw in a later. Mm-hmm. Once once we're getting about ready to launch, we would need to test iOS and do some other, just kind of get some stuff. get some fresh blood in there. So, uh, so you might still end up in there again. But uh, mm-hmm. it's you know the blessing and the curse of having a lot of people who are really interested in testing for us is that we can't have everybody in there. You mainly reject people, in fact. Yeah, which is kind of it's yeah. a bummer for everybody. We don't like doing it. Now, in levelhead news this week, What's new? we have a, a technological breakthrough for the ages. Okay, Buckley we pants. We have a thing we're calling a drop-down menu. Mm. Okay, it's a what is this? it's like a little a little word, and when you click on it, more words come down off the bottom of it, and then wow. you can choose the word that you want to click on. Now, mm. I have I have a problem with this, which is that we have not filed a patent yet. Oh, that's, yes. And now you just told everybody. And now it's ruined, and the whole world knows mm-hmm. about it. I bet before you know it, you're going to see this everywhere. Tons of websites. Websites, yeah. primarily. I can uh, think of dozens of uses for yeah. it. Yeah, so we really, we really boned this. Yeah, but seriously, somehow, in six years of making video games, yep. we have literally never conceived of using drop-down menus in our games I wonder how for many, anything. how many UIs we could condense to a single that, drop-down menu. Just a drop-down menu. <laughs> We tend to just just kind of splay a thousand buttons out across a thing and just make them into tabs or mm-hmm. whatever. So you know, this is different. This is a new. This is a new experience. We'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see where it takes mm-hmm. us. It's exciting. Um, very exciting. Also, we went to the St. Louis Ballet. Yeah, let's talk about Saturday it. evening. So we went and saw Cinderella. Right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was, There's that always was a few the one we went to. There was a lot of dancing. Um, 
Yeah, it was cool. It was really it was, cool. It was dope as fuck. The people are jacked, first of all. The quads on these people, you can, you can <laughs> see them from probably space yeah. as far as just the, the sort of curvature, the, the cliff-like indents yes. into yep. them. And the man butts were very good man, man butts. Man butts are tremendous. It was, like, it was a double neutron star on their back. <laughs> and then, you know, like, like people are like, oh, you can bounce a quarter off it. No, you can't because the gravitational field. It just sticks. <laughs> Well, it's actually because it there's an event. Crush. There's an event horizon. There's on an it. event horizon. <laughs> on so these time butts. just stops moving, <laughs> and so if you throw a quarter, it just hangs there because it's trapped mm-hmm. in time now. Yeah, and it was it was it was a remarkable display of just what what you can do with a human body. Because mm-hmm. I was watching this, and I was like, if I tried to do one of these moves, you'd probably break. I in would half. I would just disintegrate. <laughs> It'd be like uh, that scene in Indiana Jones when the guy drinks from the wrong Jesus cup and his whole body melts. Mm. That's what would happen to me <laughs> if I tried to do a single one of these ballet moves. <laughs> you just melt into a pile on stage. Yeah. While I was telling Adam, I, one of the scenes that are in the woods, and this is when all the different uh, the, the pixies of the different seasons come out, and each one does its own little dance. And uh, I was actually just very alarmed. For everybody on stage, because there are these cobwebs that had been drawn in the scenery, but each of the cobwebs was at least three yards in diameter, and the webs were visible. Yeah, what made this? And I was like, "There's a fucking huge spider predator somewhere in this forest, yeah. and you guys are just dancing, just dancing around, <laughs> completely oblivious. This is extremely dangerous." I was very worried about it. But this is the kind of universe where you can befriend mice. That's true. So it's possible. And that, then mice can turn into people. Yeah. So it's possible that the spiders are just real chill buddies that everybody just kind of hangs out with. Let us hope so. Maybe you can just ride the spiders. It'd be a horrific intermission. Yeah. Situation. It'd be pretty spectacular. If you, could, if you could just saddle a giant spider and just ride it. I feel like they'd be really smooth. Yeah, I bet. Because they always got multiple legs. Oh, yeah. Right? That would be a real, that's good. That's good suspension. Yeah. I think is the term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want one of those. Yeah. Uh, so why why did we go to the ballet? Well, the dads were in town and they were like, "Hey guys, you want to go to the ballet?" And we said, "Fuck yeah, we want to go to the ballet." <laughs> yeah, it was uh, great. It was really cool. I've never been. I don't think any of us have been nope. to a, a ballet before. So you know, if you're looking for something just fucking insane to told- watch, <laughs> it's crazy. Just, but it I mean, is crazy. The other thing that was nuts about it was there's a particular way of moving in ballet, which is basically like everything needs to feel like it's very flowy, yeah. right? And so you see some of them. You could tell who's really, really fucking good. I mean, all these people are great, but you can tell who's like that next level by the way that they are able to move. Like as they're dancing, their arms are wobbling around, whatever else. They're so fluid it's, that it, it sort hypnotizes of hypnotizes you. Yeah. Actually, I, I, there were a few moments where I, I caught myself. I was like, how much time has passed? <laughs> where am I? <laughs> just watching these flowy arms yeah, and it's legs. Cool. Just, it's crazy. Crazy. All right. Otherwise, other news. <laughs> uh, last thing I want to talk about, uh, at recommendation of a friend, I started reading a book called Originals, and it's about how nonconformists do shit. I think that's the subtitle. <laughs> Good uh, paraphrase. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, so the very beginning of the book is talking about the concept of, of uh, the human tendency to accept defaults. Mm-hmm. So wherever you go in life, people say, here's how we do things. And some people go, okay, that's how I will also do it. And other people go, fuck that. I'm going to do something else. Mm-hmm. Right. Like so every PC gamer in the universe when they boot up a game for the first time. Right. Yeah. And you're like, here's the defaults. And the PC gamer is like, I'm going to set it to Not my, my house. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I have five monitors <laughs> and I need the game to cover all, all of, of them for some reason. Um, and so this is like the scene in Men in Black where- 
It's a classic scene where Will Smith, I believe is the name of the character, Will Smith, mm-hmm. yep. uh, is <laughs> being quizzed by Tommy Lee Jones. And That's he's, the name of the other character. Name of the other character. And they have, they have all the applicants to join the men in black. They all sit in these just real fucking awkward, uncomfortable egg-shaped chairs, mm-hmm. and they have to take a written exam. And there's a single table in the middle of the room. But it's real far away. It's real far away. Uh, and so all the, all the people who are taking the test, they're all trying to like write on their hand, like they're resting the paper on their hands or they're putting the paper up against the side of these shitty, weird egg chairs Mm -hmm. and nobody can get a good writing position. People are punching holes through the paper. And finally, Will Smith, he looks over at the table. He's like, well, just grab that. Then he goes and he grabs a table and it's, and he drags it back to his chair and it's making these horrible screeching (laughs) noises the whole time. And then now he has a writing surface and nobody else has one, right? And so this is the kind of outside of the box thinking that allowed him. <laughs> he's got the right stuff. He's got the right stuff <laughs> to be a, a men in black. That is why he was recruited though, right? It was it is, because yeah. of his test performance, including just pulling the table over. Right. So it's all about, you know, do you just accept things the way they are or do you try to find better ways? Um, and so the interesting statistic that they brought up at the very start of this book um, was they had a, there was a, an, a research firm that was tasked with trying to determine what was the, what was the cause of some uh, salespeople doing better or worse on, uh, I believe they were like phone call sales, whatever. So there were like 30,000 of these people. And at these call centers, they are always aggregating as much or accumulating as much data as possible about the performance of their salespeople so that they can know whether they're hitting their numbers or not. Right. So this is one of those professions that is very, um, very quantified. Very quantified. Yep. So what they found was, weirdly, the strongest determining, or not determining factor, but the thing that was correlated the strongest with the performance of a salesperson was what web browser they used. Mm-hmm. So there was four web browsers that people used. There was Internet Explorer, Safari, Chrome, and Firefox. And the people who used Chrome and Firefox would, would stay in their jobs longer, miss fewer days of work, make more sales, get more promotions, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so they thought, well, maybe it's because they're more technically savvy or something. Mm-hmm. So then they ran a bunch of tests. So they checked for typing speed, knowledge of keyboard shortcuts, knowledge of other software, et cetera. No, no discernible difference. And so, uh, so what they believed to be the case was that basically people who boot up their computer see that there's a default option like Internet Explorer or Safari and then go, maybe there's a better thing out there. Uh, they go get that new browser and that that's basically just a hint into how those people approach their work in general. Um, so whenever somebody runs into a problem with their job, instead of going, well, I guess this is just how my job is and it sucks now and I'm just going to quit later. Uh, if somebody who doesn't just accept things as given um, get, gets confronted with a problem in their work, then they'll turn around and go, well, this kind of sucks about my job. I'm going to see what I can do to, to right. change it, right? And so naturally, those people will miss fewer days of work because they'll make their job work better. So this is kind of that whole, that whole idea of not seeing your problems as problems, but as opportunities. Exactly. In some way, or something yeah. to design around. Yeah, basically. because if, if you passively just accept everything that comes your way um, without any belief that you can change it even um, or attempt to change it, then... If you don't like your situation, then you will just try to leave that situation, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, so you'll, you'll cash in on more sick days. You'll take more vacation days. You won't get promoted because you're not happy. And if you're not happy, you're not delivering, you know, all that stuff. So I don't know. I think it's a pretty interesting. Well, let me to- tell you a story about my bird feeder, Seth. <laughs> so <laughs> so is got it related. It is. Okay. I've got your standard bird feeder because I, you know, went to the store, got a bird feeder, whatever. You were like, what's standard? That's what Give I me want. the default, please. Give I'll me the, the default. default bird feeder. So I get one of these and the squirrel's just eating all of the seed out of this damn thing, right? It's apparently what the squirrels do. And then yesterday, a squirrel leapt from the fence to get onto the feeder and just snapped the top of it in half. Okay. Classic so squirrel just, move. Classic squirrel move. Now it's just open. It's a feeding frenzy. It's just like an open bucket of seeds. Seeds are all gone today. today. That was a crafty ass squirrel. It was really good. So I was thinking, I was like, well, this is silly. And I'd actually talked to our dad a little bit while he's here. And I was like, how do you deal with squirrels just stealing all your shit? Uh, he said, well, he's frankly, they're just always a nuisance. So they get to, you methods. have to stand out there and just punch them. You just like, yell at them. Yeah, <laughs> trying to provide an extremely violent you challenge sort of them to a duel. Yeah. Um, Smack them with a tiny glove. <laughs> so, but and he and I talked about it a little bit, but I was like, there must be more. There must be a way. There must be a way. There must be a chrome. So here's what I found. To the Internet Explorer of, of Bird, Bird <laughs> And there is. So here's what I found. It's, uh, I think it's made by Brome. Got one coming oh, in the mail. Okay. You know? There okay. it is. This is made by. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Bird Chrome. Brome. Yeah, Brome. So, it's made by Brome. Um, is this a Google company? Is it an alphabet company, perhaps? <laughs> Who knows? But they make this feature. Okay, that when basically it hangs from a long uh, sort of cable, and when a squirrel stands on it, the amount of weight that a squirrel has causes it causes the cable to sort of or the the feeder to go down, which causes all of the seed gates to close. <laughs> uh, and so the squirrels just get super pissed off. And so all of the reviews for it are hilarious. People are like, not only does it work, but it's hysterical <laughs> because the squirrels because they'll jump out. on it and then it will sort of like j- jostle a little bit so they'll come off and then they'll sort of. They'll gather up in a clump and try to look at it and apparently just sort of scream about it. And someone reported that someone in their neighborhood already had one and suggested it, and they got one. And for, for the squirrels who usually would just come by and just— you Oh, yeah, now they're going to go to your neighbor's house. Stuff. Well, no, he said the best part was they—so they apparently know what this is in that neighborhood. And so these four squirrels yeah. just came up to his brand-new feeder and didn't even get on it. They just looked at it, and they are all like yelling at each other. For like 10 minutes, like, what the fuck are we going to do about it? And then, they just, <laughs> and then they just left. He's like, no one's even tried it. <laughs> wow. So I got one of those coming, man. I'm going I'm to have myself some entertainment awesome. download, on top of Download Brome. Download Brome for your yard. <laughs> my, strategy, my strategy for feeding birds so far has been to just, anytime I'm out pulling weeds or something, is every time I find an earthworm, I just throw it at the birds that come by. Mm. And I've got a little robin who just fucking loves hanging out every time I'm doing any garden work because he just gets these free worms all the That's time. That's awesome. And it seems that squirrels don't like worms. At least none have come to hang out with me while I'm while I'm. If a squirrel starts eating worms around you, you should leave. (laughs) It seems like a real bad (laughs) infection sort of situation. I don't know. That's how they get you. Mm -hmm. That's how they get you. (laughs) Hmm. Download Brome today. Download Brome. But yeah, I think I think that's the I think the takeaway there is you know to always be thinking about. What what is what in your life specifically have you just accepted but shouldn't have? Yeah, where because because you have to understand that you actually have a lot of control over a lot of things in your life, just based on the decisions you make of you know who to engage with, what to do in a moment to moment basis, um, or even you know where to work or what your career path is or any of those things. And people tend to just go with the flow or even small stuff. If you're like, man, every day I trip over my shoes. When I'm like coming in the house, 
Stop wearing shoes. Stop tying them together. Just burn down your house. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> you know, find a better designated spot for your shoes to go. Like, and there's a lot of stuff that you know you don't even notice it. I think is the funny part. You'll just sort of it's it's just part of the background noise. Yeah, and then every so often, I think that there's always a comedy of errors situation with most of these things where it's like all that small stuff that doesn't bother you. You might have a bad day, and then you walk in your house and trip over your shoes, and you're like, I have had it. <laughs> and then you actually burn down the house, and then you right? Kick the shoes across. And so me. I think it's, you, know, you want to, you want to, in times of good, just step back and say, okay, you know, what about today, or what about the last couple of weeks? Maybe gave me more friction than I would have liked. And is there a way I could, you know, so my that? one of my things that I'm doing is I'm slowly replacing my lawn with a clover field. Mm-hmm. I bought a five pound bag of clovers for like forty bucks, and it's one point two million clover seeds. It's enough to cover, I think, like 30,000 square feet. I don't actually know how big that is, sort of right. visually. It sounds pretty good size. Like it sounds big. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anywhere that their grass is dying in my yard, I'm just, just throwing fistfuls of clover seeds there. Because it's just way better than grass. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Why, why do people use grass? I don't know. It's a default, man. It dies all the time. You got to water the shit out of it. As soon as it gets hot, it. it's like, I'm dead now. I don't know. This is, I have no way to deal with this situation, <laughs> right? And then when it rains, then it grows a thousand feet per minute. Mm-hmm. And then you got to go out there with a fucking army of machines and trying to, you know, tamp it down. Mm-hmm. And then eight seconds later, it's back again. But how are your neighbors going to know how important you are if you don't have a rich deep lawn that looks like a <laughs> because my lawn is going to be covered in bees <laughs> because I'm going to have a deep field of bees you'll be able to hear their disparaging comments over the, the thrum of all of the, the hum bees. of bees maybe yeah maybe you should couple this by becoming a beekeeper oh yeah there you go free opportunities honey. Yeah. all over free the honey for life seeing this is what happens some people just say I guess you have grass on your lawns <laughs> and now I have a lawn of bees and free honey so <laughs> Uh, you know, that's pretty red. But we should say though, also that sometimes you do have to accept things, and that's where boundaries come in. Mm, you know, yes. because sometimes I'm you just you. sometimes you just so like because we, we were talking about this earlier, like driving on the right side of the road, like driving the right side of the road. <laughs> you have to accept that <laughs> someone tells you no when you ask them on a date. You have to accept that. Yep. Somebody says, "Hey, if you're doing this job application, this is the format your resume has to be in." You got to accept that. Yeah. You know, I I think yeah, you have to understand. It's, it's not just about going, I don't follow rules because I don't conform, right? It's yeah, more it's about, about understanding the why of the thing. Understanding why the rules are there and then thinking, maybe. Or not even the rules, but just kind of the way things are done. Yeah. So one of, one of the examples in the book is the, the company Warby Parker that sells glasses online. Uh-huh. And this was in, I think, 2009 when they first started working on it. It was a, a few folks, um, naturally, in Silicon Valley because that's, mm-hmm. that's where you start companies. Yep. And... Uh, the the universal response they got was nobody's going to want this because people want to be able to try on the glasses and then see how they look. Uh, and if this was a good idea, then somebody would have already done this because Ooh. there's already Zappos, there's all this other shit. Um, and so and so their big question was how come glasses are so fucking expensive? Right. Like why are glasses five hundred dollars? And it's because it, one company owns all of them. Exactly. That's it. Just turns out there's no competition, yeah. and that's it. So. So they're like, shit. And, they, and actually with Warby Parker, they for every uh, pair of glasses that they sell, they also donate a pair to mm. a needy country. Mm. Um, so 
so they're able to charge one fifth the price and give away an extra pair of glasses. Because it turns out it's just a fucking piece of plastic. Yeah, because the normal markup is like thirty <laughs> x on glasses. That's probably a lot more than that. Yeah, so it's just a piece of plastic. You know, so they just they just everybody else just accepted like yeah, well you know glasses they're real expensive. It's crazy. That's just the way glasses mm-hmm. are, right? Yeah. I mean, they got all that glass in them. <laughs> There's so much glass, you know? Yeah. You ever buy a glass? It's, it's always expensive. Eight cents, actually. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's just good to be asking mm-hmm. those questions. All right, speaking of questions, what? let's get on to some questions. <laughs> Segue. Uh, these, slick. these questions come from our listeners, I hope. And I assume. <laughs> uh, you, if you want to get your questions on to a future episode, you can go over to podcast.bscotch.net and slap a question in there. Uh, we don't have any drop-down menus yes. yet, but that's a new thing we're going to be working on at some point. No, 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 I think we're going to keep them off of the website. Just uh, I, I want some technological confusion where people come to our website and see no drop-downs. And, and they go into our games and, and it's see the only, only drop-downs. It's pure drop-downs. Yeah. We're also going to remove all the game mechanics. Yep. It's just going to be drop-down menus. And then so, we're going to be doing HTML5 games. So in Crashlands, yeah. instead of... You're like, okay, you want to go harvest, uh, you want to go harvest a tree? You got to say the drop down. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to go do that anymore. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, yeah, drop down menu. What do you want to do? Harvest. What do you want to harvest? Another drop down menu. Tree. What do you want to give from it? Logs. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. Three drop downs. Yeah. Streamline the shit out It'll of the whole game experience. Super fun. Actually, yeah, and really we just need it so that our games are our website and our website is our games. Yes. You know? So we'll have to do some work on the web end, website end, probably. Yeah, I, I, kinda, do, I have to make to get that short. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. First question comes from Gurf ninety nine. Hey dudes, hope you're doing well. So I'm on a games course, and we're creating a VR game. Any tips to keep people excited and focused on creating rather than procrastinating? <laughs> because procrastinating is bad. Thanks. The only uh, thing we found is teaching. Uh, I, I think I, I think Gurf is is taking this course. He's, at, he's as part of a team. Yeah, gotcha. So this is a sticky situation. This is okay. Sticky. So this is this is a group project. This is your classic group project scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so and <laughs> even when it's in VR, still not very good. You know. Yeah. Just this is usually what that situation. So blockchain got, still not gonna be very. So good. So group projects always have a very specific team composition. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. So just like uh, they have the one person who is going to do the work and everybody else. Yes. So just like a Seth MacFarlane show, there has to be a talking creature of some kind. Mm -hmm. There has to be an incompetent father figure. Mm -hmm. There has to be a sort of uh, dim-witted son. Mm -hmm. You know, like you got you got to run the whole gamut. 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 You got to run the whole thing. You got to do the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So in every group project, there's the person who does everything. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's the person who complains a lot. The person, and then they're the people who are you don't even know are there really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and oftentimes you'll also have a person who wants to do everything, but but, but then doesn't actually do anything. They don't do anything, but they also have real strong opinions about yeah. how everything should be mm-hmm. done. Yep. So you got to have one of those. Yeah, right. It's kind of like going into a dungeon. You got to fill out your class. <laughs> you got to. You got to. You need your tank, your healers, your DPS, yeah, your complainers, <laughs> etc. Yeah, yeah. Your complainers, your doers, your. You're thinkers. Mm-hmm. So you're emotionally right. unstable, want her to do her yeah. things. So yeah. then the real mm-hmm. question, the real question is, because this, this, this is not a question unique to game development courses or mm-hmm. VR or anything. It's when you're in a school group project, because because you are the tank, right? You're the one who's carrying the group. Hopefully. There's always There's always one of those. Well, because this person had the foresight to send this question in already, which, which it tells us that this is yeah, a person. This, this person is the tank. This mm-hmm. person is the person carrying the group. Mm-hmm. Gurf is the tank. Yep. So 
What had what do you what is your approach? What's your strategy? Here's the thing: I never figured out how to do this effectively. Yeah, the, the thing I that think I ever did my the thing that I figured out eventually was that I just did all the work and then didn't give anybody any credit. Yeah, that was my, <laughs> because what are they going to do? I made the slides, I did all the work, so I listen to the end. I'll be like, and I and the the key though is to detail all the things that you did in your little credit when section, presenting. you know, when you're presenting and also detail what everybody else did. Right. Mm. So now you just get to have that, you get to have this beautiful <laughs> satisfaction of getting to proudly show off the work that you did, which is great. And also not giving these fuckers, their, you know, credit where so it was not due. Here's what I did. I did all the work and then I, I gave shared credit. Yeah. That's the classic approach. Yeah. Where I said, we did this. Mm hmm. Uh, because then the boiling resentment inside of you can really take it just, root, yeah. you know? And then you just, sort of use that yeah. to fuel <laughs> your progress another, through life. Another yeah. strategy <laughs> is to throw everybody, throw your entire team under the bus. Mm-hmm. That sounds like your first strategy. That does sound No, this is different. Okay. The first, the first one is <laughs> well, you, you mean use, a literal, a literal. No, no, no. Because no, okay. the first one is you tell it like it is, right? You do the work, mm-hmm. you make a good product, but you tell it like it is. That's fine. The next one is... You take every other person's part of the project. You find a way to make the project work without those pieces, right? Okay. And then every time those pieces are supposed to be there, you just say out loud, you know, this was this other person's responsibility. Well, Jeremy was supposed so, to do this. <laughs> you know, this, not, this isn't in here, but I, I managed to come up with a way to still make this work, right? And so mm. now- that way, you fucking, can, that way you can just, you can make people look bad. Yeah, which is Sort of publicly great. shame them. <laughs> yes. Because uh, people love that shit. Well, this is thing, like, new projects, right? It's like how what what is the intended good outcome? They're horrible. Well, people because say if, people say that a group projects is supposed to get you ready for the real world when you have to work with people. And all that the is time, true. Right? But why would that you want? Why would you want to the real be world. there? <laughs> it's kind of like a, you know, you all your teenage years, you're like, I just want to be an adult. I just want to be an adult, and then you become an adult, and you're like, I am viciously tired all day. And yeah. I have all these your, commitments and your and joints are making these noises. You start groaning when, when you, you sit, sit down. When you sit down in a chair, you go, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, why? And then when you stand up, you go, yeah, why did I wish for this? So I guess the thing is that, I, <laughs> but the other thing is that it, it doesn't prepare you for the real world because no. there are consequences for fucking up your group project in a business sense, right? There are mm-hmm. like long term performance things you can get for doing well, all this other stuff, yeah, which are not even remotely. See, there. I was playing the long game. Okay. Was your so long, Adam, was your Adam's approach is I'm gonna I'm gonna tear these people down mm-hmm. in, in ridges in real time. Yeah. Like yeah. right there on the spot. So you're doing the nefarious thing. I'm doing I'm taking an asynchronous approach. Okay. Because right? then ah. since they all got the credit, then they appear to be good. And they also don't learn anything because they never suffer any consequences from their actions. Because they still never tried. Because they never but, tried. So they go out in the world having never failed, even though they're here's they the are thing. failures. Because here's the thing. It's not my job. True. You know, it's not, I don't, I don't need, I don't need the discord of sort of having people upset with me mm-hmm. of not wanting to be in my group in the future. Cause I just repeatedly humiliated them publicly <laughs> and shamed them. I don't, this seems like the best case scenario. Yeah. But, so I, mm. I don't need that. You know, I, I want to have friends and I want people to like me. Mm-hmm. It's important to okay. me. But you also to me want to <laughs> undermine their future by not calling them Well, out no, that's not something I'm present. doing. That's something they're doing. Sure. Right. I, mean, I, mean, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm in negligence. You know, you have an opportunity to be like, look, Steve, you're not doing your shit. And I'm worried about your future, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you go to the workforce, because this is supposed to be a parent. But Steve's not worried about his future. I got enough things to worry about. Why should you be worried about Steve's I don't need to future? worry about everybody. Everybody is responsible for their own, their own contribution. You know, you, you get out what you put in. 
Mm-hmm. And if Steve doesn't want to put anything well, in. Sometimes in this scenario, you get out what everybody else put in if you're not careful. That's possible. That and they true. didn't put anything in except maybe some garbage. Right. Except I always put everything in and then mm-hmm. I get everything back out. Here's what I found. None, <laughs> of the, none of the group projects that I've ever done actually had enough work to warrant being to a group I project. I have never, more yeah. than like two people. I yeah. I've doubling. never done a group project that had more work than a single person could do, yeah, yeah, frankly. Uh, so I don't know. I remember, I remember one time we, we were visiting a game development club and we were talking and it, they were making a game as a group project. Mm-hmm. And we were just kind of chatting with about what everybody was working on. And I will never forget that one person told us that their job was the pause menu. Oh Yes. And yes. that's, you know, that's your quintessential group project, right? Mm-hmm. There's not enough, there's there, it, having that many people on a project means there's a lot of communication that has to happen and a lot of time that goes into just managing who's mm-hmm. doing what and everything. And invariably, everybody just gets a tiny piece of the work that, you know, isn't that challenging or interesting to them. And of course, they're going to procrastinate and not want to yep. do it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's no meaning to it. Well, there's not enough interesting stuff to go around. Yeah, there's, there's around no here. consequences and it's not interesting when you're doing a group project. So maybe, you know, say, hey, we're going to put this credit screen at the end. And whatever you do, you're just where you go, not the credit screen. So that might be a way to motivate people to stay in it. Otherwise, I don't know, just do it. Just enjoy it yourself. If you do the whole thing by yourself, you'll get a lot out of that project. Okay, mm-hmm. I've got a zany proposition. Hit it. All right, here we go. I'm going to put on my clown nose Mm -hmm. because this is going to get zany. What if you talked to your teammates? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. You're with me so far? With you. I don't Uh, know if I like this. And then you said, (laughs) hear it out. And then you said, hey, I I noticed that you haven't been spending a lot of time in the project. Um, is, Is that because you're not happy with what your role is? And if so, what, what would you like to work on that you would be more excited about? Mm. And here's, you, here's, this, here's this, their is just, this is just my zany. You get more zany. points for also managing the work of other people while you're also doing your own work. Uh, no, you never get more points. Cool. Okay. Under any scenario, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's always going to be the case that that your best, your most time efficient means of working is going to be to just do it <laughs> right. and not worry yeah. about what everybody else is doing. Right. Uh, because who has the time? You're busy. You know, you're taking 39 classes and you're making a VR game. So you know. Who has the time? Hmm? So, okay. So I guess what's the final verdict then? How do you resolve a group project? You don't. You just do it as a answer. solo project. Yeah. I don't know. But People. if you do end up, if you do end up in a group with somebody who is equally as, as committed and they're just like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Oh, We're a team. It's awesome. Yeah. That it's very rare. But when that happens, you... Lock that down. You mm-hmm. lock eyes with that person. And you, you say, we're starting a company together. You merge as souls. As soon as we get <laughs> Yeah, because that's that's your moment. Mm-hmm. You found it. All right, next question comes from Farseer. Butterscotch, ass brothers. That's us because Adam, mm. Seth, Sam. Yep. Rumpus. <laughs> Everything comes back to your backsides. So who has the best butt? Mm. Any hilarious butt-related stories? Regarding the above question, I have arse in my name. I'm qualified. <laughs> this is from Farseer. That's good. That's real good. Uh, well, I think the good but the story I have that is ass related that I'm willing to share. <laughs> ass related stories are always. I can't remember if we talked about this. They're always touchy. So they're always touchy. <laughs> I was good at yeah. All right. So so during uh, during my treatment stuff, 
and all that cancer back in the day. I'm very proud of my backside. So that is, I don't know if it's just like a subconscious <laughs> thing, just gets stuck in here or what. As you're walking down the street, you're like, I bet, I bet somebody's gazing. I don't even think anybody's looking at Someone it. is gazing. I'm just like, I, I, I can flex it. It's good. It's good rump, you know, whatever. So it's got, it's got fantastic protuberances. It's got curves. <laughs> so, so I go to this, uh, one of these, these cancer treatment things and they need to do some genetic testing. This is after this is the second time. And what's required for this is not only a bone marrow biopsy, which hurts like a mother, but, but, but they take a bite out of your ass. Who, okay. who, who bites it? Just so. like a, just someone with a clean mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter who. No, they, they just, they <laughs> just, just brush their teeth real good. It was a little horrible gun thing. And basically what it does is it, like they put it up against your ass. The butt gun. The butt gun. And then they click it and you can hear it click and then there's this brief moment and then you feel the the vacancy that they have created they just in one stole of your, a piece of your ass in one of your perfectly round cheeks <laughs> it now has a crater that is too big they just it. cratered your ass uh-huh so the best part about this i was i was like very annoyed by this because i was like what that the sounds fuck? annoying and then <laughs> it's kind of like you know how when you don't tie your shoe it's kind of like that oh well i mean you know you most know? of the other treatments it's just like you get stabbed here and there whatever else but you're not gonna have much of a mark left but this one i was like you guys you have ruined my pristine backside. <laughs> so the worst part, fast forward to like maybe three months ago, my wife looks over. And she's like, obviously your ass is completely bare. Well, I mean, that's insinuating. Because you're at your own house. I mean, my house is just naked, whatever. <laughs> so she looks over and she's like, what's that? What is On that? On your backside. And I look over and guess what? It's the scar. Yep. From them taking a bite is. out of my pristine back. You, you just got to own this and tattoo an actual mouth around it. Just like a little be- just a bite mouth biting. You know, I think this is one of the things that kind of bums me out about- uh, It kind of bums me out about medicine is how fucking seriously they take everything. Yes. Right? Because if I was the company making that instrument, I would have called it the butt biter, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But I guarantee it was not called put, the butt biter. Put googly eyes on it. And it would probably look like a, <laughs> it would probably look like one of the aliens with the little mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Get a licensing deal. You know? Yeah. yeah. It'd be awesome. Work with, who makes aliens? Ridley? Uh, Ridley, Ridley Scott. Scott? I guess, yeah. I don't know. Who owns Ridley? I don't know. Do you guys got any butt stories? Butt I, stories. Don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I keep mine... Contained. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I had a fresh pair of jeans just right just over, right it on. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this something like a hundred episodes ago, where my 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 hot butt syndrome. Oh, we have a we have an episode named a hot butt legacy. Hot butt legacy, which is when I had some some disc squishes in my neck somewhere. No, no, my lower back. I also have some neck stuff. Your but. neck, your back. <laughs> that's yeah, it. Let's stop it. the song there. And there's some other things. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, had a, I had a disc sort of compression thing in my lower back, and it, so it caused part of my lower left leg to go numb, mm-hmm. while simultaneously my left butt cheek felt hot. <laughs> it just felt like I was sitting on a hot pad all the time, and that was going on for about three months. Nice. That wasn't, you know, it's not super funny, but it was very interesting, mm-hmm. and it was actually kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> Did you feel pleasant warmth. Yeah, yeah. But if no. you do have that, you should probably get it checked out because it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not not a good thing. Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, the, the only sort of butt-related scenario that I can recount is, it's actually a pretty common one, which is, if you ever have gone a, a, quite a while without exercising, and then you do squats. Oh, God. It's the fucking worst. Yep. And I managed to time it out, such that <laughs> right before we flew down to Uruguay, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and they're like, soreness 
in different parts of your body kind of comes at different times, mm-hmm. you know, relative to when you did the damage. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, for, for leg stuff, it's like there's a 48 hour sort of lag time and then it reaches maximum pain. So, yeah, so I did a couple of, I did a bunch of squats two days before we left for Uruguay. <laughs> just, not, just didn't think about just it. for 22 hours of travel. Yeah. yeah let's and do then, it. Yeah. Then we had to sit, just sit in an airplane for, yeah, it was about 20, yeah. 22 hours. It was, it was, <laughs> it was excruciating. <laughs> uh, so, you know, just all, you gotta, you gotta know your butt. You do. You know, and you, you know? gotta respect mm-hmm. what it needs. That's true. So, <laughs> Uh, all right. Next question comes from CC Tech Wiz. How do you go about setting expectations and getting willing support from those around you to devote so much of your time to working on what you love? Do you ever struggle with balancing family time and taking time to sharpen your skill sets? Keep up the good work, bros. You never cease to inspire me in some way each week. Thanks. Cool. Um, Thank you, CC Tech Wiz. How do you balance it? Well, first of all, how do you uh, get people on board? Yes. Okay. So how do you, how do you do it? So I think the big thing for me is, is it's actually about keeping a very regular and open stream of communication up. So for example, right now, um, a lot of my out of studio time is focused on doing some drawing practice stuff. So sometimes it means I come in actually to the studio about an hour early, like I did today. And then just draw here. Sometimes it means at night I'm drawing, sometimes I'm drawing at home in the morning. Um, but essentially what's happened is I've just, you know, I communicated sort of the the bigger why to my partner and just said, hey, you know, there's a skill that I really want, not just because I want, just because I want it, but because to me, it sort of goes in line with, uh, in my case, fulfilling this overall mission of just really bringing a lot of joy and happiness to people and also just making me a more effective teammate, period. Mm-hmm. And so when it's, I think when you talk about things on that really high level, then it's, it's almost hard to not get behind it, right? So yes. Like if someone comes to you and the, and they very sincerely, I think this is the problem people make sometimes is they don't, they, they, they try to spell it in terms of the outcome that they want, as opposed to just saying, you know, what this means for them in terms of how they view their life or their, their work, or whatever else. And I think if you're really, really candid with someone about saying, Hey, you know, there's this, there's this way that I want to be, or this thing that I want to be. And uh, it's important to me because like, I've just decided that part of my reason to be here is, is X, you know, I want to bring joy to people, whatever else. Then it's, it, I, I, it's just hard to foresee a situation where someone's like, no, you know, you yeah. can't do that. Um, so, I, well, so I'm, I'm reading the book, how to win friends and influence people. Mm-hmm. One of the key points in there is nobody gives a shit about what you want. Mm-hmm. They care about what they want. So if you are thinking about doing something that is potentially going to affect somebody else like this, maybe you are, are married and so therefore your incomes go together and you're like, mm-hmm. hey, I want to quit my job and make video games for the next three right. years. And I don't know how this is going to pan out. Um, that's not a great sales pitch. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and most importantly, it's only focusing on yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, uh, so I think making sure that you understand what it means for that person and showing that understanding yes. and appreciation for what they would be bringing, you know, uh, for you to allow you to do that. Um, and then also doing whatever you can to mitigate ways that it might affect them. Right. So you might say, I'm going to be working at home the whole time, which means, you know, this whole time I'll take care of the dishes mm-hmm. just this whole time. I'm, I'm home. So that's, I'll, I'm just going to take a few things right. off your plate. <laughs> eh? So, so you don't have to worry <laughs> about some of the things that you normally have to worry about at home. Um, so that way I can do my thing as well. Right. 
So just, you know, you got to think about what that person needs mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, as far as the balance goes, I think it's just, it's really, again, just about having the really open line of communication and saying, hey, this thing that I would like to do essentially says that, that I'm going to need, you know, seven-ish hours a week to do it. So instead of just coming and being like, I'm going to do it on this, 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 and this, um, you know, try to enter it, enter into it more, more in saying, this is really what I'd like to do. Can we figure out how to make it work as opposed to yeah. just. And then give up the right things. Yes. Because if you, if you now start devoting all of your, like keeping up the house time to doing your, doing this new thing that you're trying to do. But then you're still playing video games. But then games. still play video games and watch TV. That's, that's a real problem. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you got to be given up. You have to. You have to truly give something up if you're asking somebody else to give something up. And so you have to make sure that everyone's priorities are understood and not necessarily in the same order, but in approximately mm -hmm. enough of an order, or at least that you're taking into account other people's priority lists. Because uh, otherwise, otherwise it's not good. Yeah, you, know? you, you don't want the scenario where you say, hey, I want to quit my job, so we're going to be making half-ish as much money. Uh, and that means you, my partner, will have to adjust your standard of living or maybe our kids you know, we're, they're going to be eating a lot more oatmeal and mm -hmm. less, you know, whatever the fuck. I don't know what kids eat. <laughs> Baby Pop food, tarts. I think. Rocks? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we, we can't get them the good rocks. They got to just eat the river rocks. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so you're going to have to give all those things up. Our family's going to have to give those things up. And then one day your significant other comes home early from work mm -hmm. and you're just there. You're on, you're on season seven of the walking dead. Mm -hmm. Cause all you've done for the past week is just watch TV while they've been gone. Uh, uh just prepare. Yeah. Well, the prepare yourself that, for the story. A lot of people think that that wouldn't happen to them, but the, the, the thing to understand it's is so that easy to fall when into you, it. Oh yeah. When you, when you jump into a, essentially what is a, a more open, time slotted thing like that um it's really easy for the wheels to just come right off and once and they're off you're you oh know. yeah you're you're just down the street <laughs> you know you're in the next neighborhood yes. at this point and where the fuck are the wheels nobody even nobody knows, knows. they're gone now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can't get them back on mm -hmm. so you got to really have discipline you got to really take care of things and we, we've also known some folks um who for example maybe they have a, a full house at home with you know kids and you know family and everything mm -hmm. um and they wanted to start up their own game studio. So we have a, we have a buddy who runs a board game studio mm -hmm. here in St. Louis. And, you know, in, in those kinds of scenarios, you may need to talk about actually getting a cheap office mm -hmm. space somewhere so that you can leave the house and be away from the chaos, you know, right. because, um, because children are great and they love you and they want to be around you all the time which is fantastic, mm -hmm. except for when you're trying to, you do know, stuff. do stuff <laughs> that doesn't involve them, right. which is generally what your work will be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, like Sam said, you just got to think about what everybody needs and talk with them and work with them to try to come mm -hmm. up with a way to, to make it happen. Yeah, just don't hide anything. Just be super yeah. open about it. And if you totally fuck up one day, just be like, fuck that one up. I totally fucked up today. Yeah. And just, and always try to understand what you're asking somebody else to do mm -hmm. and make sure you then make it clear I understand what I'm asking you to do and then do your best to mitigate those consequences. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Next question comes from angry muffin. Okay. We're looking pretty, we're looking back pretty far here in episode 17, Seth, you went to Chipotle and got a TARDIS burrito. Have you seen mm. this any other times? Have you gotten one yourself or even tested the limits of how much can fit in a TARDIS burrito? What is your favorite stuff to put in a burrito? A TARDIS burrito being just a burrito that has so much in it that you can't even understand how it was wrapped. It's a burrito that's larger on the inside <laughs> than it is on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
The TARDIS is the reference to the Doctor Who spaceship, mm -hmm. which disguises itself as a police call box mm -hmm. uh, for reasons. And when you open it up, then it's fucking huge on the inside. Mm -hmm. So that's... Have you had any more burrito situations or just general food? It was just, it was just the one. Hmm. I don't know how it happened. Uh, I asked for just a just a sort of inconceivably ridiculous quantity of food to be put in this burrito. They did it. And that one time, the person just shrugged like it was nothing and just floop, <laughs> just burritoed the shit out of it. I don't know where all, where it, I don't know what happened. It was like a 39 pound burrito. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, I've tried to, I've tried to replicate this scenario in various situations. Mm -hmm. Every single time the burrito explodes, That's the, it, it splits apart. Juices are flying out. This must have been just like a once in a lifetime burrito. I think. Situation. I think there was some kind of a traveling wizard who but goes sort of town to town. Some magic on it, <laughs> or maybe they go town to town and work at Chipotle's. Maybe, maybe the person who made this burrito had a spectacular butt that warped space time oh. in that area. So the food became more dense. Yeah, and, as and, it was being it, put in there. But then when they gave it to you. Then it had to, yeah, it lost those strange gravitational effects. So you're telling me that that person was a was a ballet dancer. Probably. Yeah. That makes sense. Sounds about right. Part-time ballet dancer, part-time burrito creator. Yeah. Now, I will say, if you're looking for a good burrito, there's a place called Pancheros. Okay? Okay. Can I say, you've talked about this, I think, for like five years. You've never gone. I've never gone. So Pancheros. I've gone once. It was fine. Pancheros. They they have the tortilla as these little dough balls, and they slap the dough ball onto one of those hot compressor things, and they just go, and then it just fucking flattens out into this mm. giant, freshly cooked tortilla instantaneously, like magic. And it's just, it's just a heavenly experience. Mm. So I don't know where it is. It's not in St. Louis. There's one in Iowa. That's all I know. <laughs> so if you're looking for a road trip... <laughs> Go get yourself a burrito. Our next question comes from Aviox. Are any of you owners of VR, virtual reality mm. hardware? What is your opinion on the current tech and experience? I have an old Oculus uh, developer kit too. Do you use it? Have you ever used it? I have it? used it once. How was it? Uh, it was a large pain in the ass to like put up. And that was also back when nothing was VR yet. So this was mm. kind of the as things were starting to, to happen. So there was nothing in VR on Steam. And there were some games that, that you could sort of like make work, sort of, right? Uh, but they, it was kind of this, in this weird hacky way. So all the games that I tried it with had basically, there were two problems. One is I felt like I was looking through a screen door, hmm. which I think has to do with pixel density. And I don't know if that is solved. I think it's that better. was my experience as well. Yeah. Several years ago when I tried it. Yeah. So presumably that's better. And then the second problem was that the target reticle. Because I was looking, I was, I think I tried like Half-Life and then some other mm. first-person shooter style game. The target reticle is normally in the center of your screen, was not being cast out anywhere. So it was like three inches in front of my face. <laughs> floating. Just like floating three inches in front of my face. Of course, oh. I'm like, sure, I'm like cross-eyed. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like cross-eyed looking at this fucking target reticle that's three inches from I my human body. Because I guess if you body. look past it, then now there's two target reticles. Exactly. And they're blurry, oh. right? So, oh. so that was my, my real only experience with... VR. I still have the thing. Every, every once in a while I go downstairs to try to find a cable or something. I have to like throw the, the Oculus DK2 out. You just hurl it. <laughs> hurl it across <laughs> the room. But I was, even then I was, I was super impressed. They, they have a little demo of the thing that came with it. 
where it's just you sitting in a chair looking at a computer monitor, but in VR, right? Mm. Just a little cute demo that, and like it doesn't do anything. There's just some kind of stuff you can look at. Uh, but I was super impressed how good the head tracking was, even even then. That was something that was out five years ago, yeah, maybe probably time. four years ago, something yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, and I just remember you know putting it on and then looking around and then just. It just moved exactly as my head did. And I was like, how the fuck is this, <laughs> is this working? And I remember looking down at where my body was supposed to be and there was nothing there because they didn't, again, it was very they simple. Forget, they, forgot. Thing. they didn't put a body there. And so I looked down and I, and I don't exist. And like the feeling that, that that provided was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I, we don't, I don't actually have one. Um, and I've only done the demos and stuff at GDC and such. I haven't tooled around with it too much. Um, all to say, I have no idea. I have no idea how good any of it is. All I know is it's real expensive right now. Yeah. So, um, and I would put money on it making me really sick. So yeah. I've, that's the main reason I'm not willing to invest in it is because, uh, so, so I think I mentioned I was playing Subnautic a few weekends ago. I only played for like an hour and then just had a horrible headache. Mm. It was just terrible. You know, my take on it is I don't know if I want to go that deep. <laughs> it, Maybe it's too deep. It, yeah. What cause like, mean? I, cause I mean, I already feel I've, I've got a, I've got a dog in the house who needs some attention. Um, and I live with my significant other who also occasionally, you know, needs things mm-hmm. from me, like, like just for me to just communicate, communicate and yeah. make eye contact, you know, just Human all these things. kinds of things. And so even if I'm, even if I'm playing a game with like soundproof headphones on, um, that already is like, a am shutting myself out yeah. right from everything around me. And I don't always feel that great about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yesterday uh, I was playing. I was playing some Nautica a bit, and Diana was working on something, and she had something cool happen with her business stuff, and she. So I just see this hand waving sort of <laughs> off in the periphery because she's yelling my name, and she couldn't. She couldn't get in. You yeah. Know? So she had to wave her hand, arms around a bunch to get my attention. So yeah, and I mean, I I can't imagine what my household would be like if let's say let's say I'm spending two hours a night playing video games. If instead now. I can't see anything around me. Nobody can make eye contact with me. I can't hear anything. And I'm just flailing around like a fucking maniac mm. in a room, completely inaccessible to everybody else, sort of visually or anything. You think it's, it's too removed. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm no longer home effectively right so it's mm-hmm. it's like it's like falling asleep in class like you're not there anymore mm-hmm. right i think that you're, can be okay present. i think that, that can be okay with the with correct boundaries put on it yes because you know? because i feel so with uh with my soundproof headphones for me i use them when i'm at home if i'm working on stuff because that right. means i need to be in the zone you know don't bug me with stuff right and so it, it, it means the same thing as it, that it does at work if i'm playing a game though then it's it's like sort of my wife and i are usually playing games at the same time right so we're not we don't need to be talking about that stuff, you know, and we'll still yell over each other while we're doing mm-hmm. stuff so that, you know, because if she's playing one game and something hilarious or amusing or interesting happens then she'll make sure that I know about that and vice versa. Right. Uh, and, and so it becomes part of, it becomes part of the event where we get to get real immersed by wearing soundproof headphones because it does change the experience. It makes right. it more awesome. It does. Um, but we just know that in, you know, in the circumstance where we're playing games, like that's just that's just fucking around time. Fucking around time can be interrupted. Yeah. You know? And so I think if you have the right policies or have like time limits or whatever, I think you can be completely okay. You know, but I mean, I mean, for me, this is, this is the same kind of reason. So I, I play a lot of MMOs, but I've noticed that as, as the years have passed and my real world responsibilities have amplified mm-hmm. that I am much less willing to go into voice chat with people because it's, it's a, it's, 
sort of like just being on the phone with somebody when somebody else is in the room, yeah. right? Mm, yeah. Um, where now, now every now and then I would just like say something and then, you know, maybe my wife was like, what? And I'm like, oh no, this is I'm talking to some random <laughs> right. weirdos on the internet, right? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just as a, maybe it's an age thing or mm. something, but like as I get older, I'm less interested in like being so immersed in a game experience that I can't conceive, I can't even conceive of what's happening around me, mm-hmm. right? So, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Although I think racing games would be pretty fucking badass yeah. with VR. Yeah. So, I, I'm still willing to try it because that just sounds real crazy mm-hmm. and like something you probably can't, you just can't get yeah. without it. All right, next question comes from Blonde Viking 91 Your bit on ethics in player-made content Brought up my head of publishing's affirmation that time to penis is a very mm-hmm. real measurable phenomenon. TTP. With, with regard to any shared player input, starting even with usernames. Mm-hmm. We make yeah. social mobile games and we suffer for it. Yep. So, so but I think the thing to, that you have to be aware of is that TTP is always zero. It's always zero. Yeah. The moment a thing comes online, it's already there. It's already happened. It's more like if it's possible it's, to build <laughs> somewhat of a symbolic phallic shape with Or the even just enter text. Yeah. That, that allows you to do that, right? That's yep. the thing. Someone will just name themselves penis. <laughs> that's just, that's what their name is now. Now you got to uh, deal with it. Now you got to figure out what, you, what are you going to do about yeah, that? I'm curious to see uh, sort of how this shakes out. Since level head is entering user generated content territory, um, we're gonna have to do we're gonna do quite a bit of legwork to make yeah. make it well, hard to just throw so, pieces all over the place. Speaking I mean, of which, our username system is pretty pretty funny right now though, because if people complain about your username, it just it makes you think your username is still what you said it was, but everybody else just sees it differently. <laughs> 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 yep, yep. Do we do we replace it with something? Real goofy. Yeah, it's just a, it comes from the random name generator. Nice. So, yeah, you might be like a a wonderful illustrious penguin mm-hmm. or something. That's a real. That's long. Yeah. All right. Well, so <laughs> next question comes from Oh No I'm Dead, who says you never published the Crashlands creator. That's true. For fear of toxic culture and penises everywhere. That's not the, that's <laughs> not the main reason, but that was a sub reason. <laughs> yeah. However, you are now making a game that is half editor. How are you going to screen for penises and not just not <laughs> like <laughs> I love that everyone's so concerned about this. It's true. It's, it's a seriously hard thing. Well, yes. This is an interesting phenomenon. Mm-hmm. We've tried to make it hard to, to do it for somebody to do something that you can just easily tell they have done. Right? So like in the editor, you could make various kinds of shapes, but they're just they're little blocks, you know? Yeah. It's gonna be hard to to tell what has happened. We're not gonna provide sort of a large scale display of it. So a player of the thing that you make won't be able to zoom out and see this huge thing that you've drawn. That's true. <laughs> Dicks would only be able to, like a functional dick in level head blocks would only be maybe like five tiles tall because you couldn't otherwise see it. On yeah. the and then, and so you're saying it's just a bunch of blocks. Right. Right? Yeah. So and then you can't be too small because then you can't even make the shape, really. Yeah. So I think we, right, we, we found it, the right the size window. <laughs> It's all, it's baked into the game design. I mean, the only, <laughs> it actually was, we, we had this discussion we did, yeah. when we talked about people being able to zoom out mm-hmm. and, and we, and they had asked that question. Well, one of the consequences of that is that people will put horrible things as they zoom out because they'll use it as pixel art. Because you get, you just basically get high resolution of the game grid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. so if we just don't let people do that, then that's, it, they become less able to do those things. Then otherwise we have, we're not sure what the system is going to be yet, but we're going to have very strict, uh, moderation on how content goes in front of people. Because the other thing about what we're trying to do here is 
you know, surface good stuff, but nobody has the right to have their stuff surfaced. Mm-hmm. So if people, or if people, if other players report that somebody is misbehaving, a really easy consequence for us is just to say, well, we just won't, we won't make your content rise to the top, the stuff mm-hmm. that you make. Um, if you've got, you know, friends who are following you or whatever, like, sure, they can still see your stuff, I guess, but, but nobody else can. And so now people can police themselves and police their mm-hmm. own content. Yeah. And there's, there's some easy stuff like, so, so because of the way in level head, because of the following system, um, then we have a, a way for you to sort of police what content gets sent to you. So if, right. if you're following somebody who makes some kind of horrible shit in their level, um, you can report it and you can also just unfollow that mm-hmm. person. And now their content won't get delivered to you. And then by, by reporting that level, then you're going to make it so that that level will be suppressed somehow mm-hmm. in the search results. Right. right. So because we, we have a section of the game where uh, we're just calling it the level browser for now, um, but where you can search and look at levels by, you know, top rated or most popular or whatever, based on different time periods. So in the past week or the past day or whatever. Um, but obviously we're going to set it up so that if a level gets reported a bunch of times, then it's not going to just, it's not going to be in those lists, right? Yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to find it by finding the person who made it, in which case now you have control over whether you see that or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and this is, this is a difficult problem because of the sheer volume of stuff that gets made. Um, we don't, we don't want our new job after we publish level head to be finding dicks and deleting them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's yeah, no thanks. That's not why we. It's not why we do this. <laughs> uh, oh so, so we need to come up with some really good moderation mechanisms that basically make it so that content tends to just kind of fall out of existence mm-hmm. um, if players find it objectionable, but without very much or yeah. any. Well, and, then, and then users who generate it repeatedly get slapped around enough that they stop. Yeah, eventually they yeah. won't be allowed to publish or yeah. something. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of a lot of platforms and games and companies seem to err on the side of making sure they don't remove content that isn't offensive. Mm-hmm. So they make it actually very hard to remove offensive content as a consequence. Uh, and they, and then they also then need to rope in real humans to the, like verify that was this really offensive? And they have all these you know, shades of just how offensive is it? Where's the line? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're going all the way on the other side where we're just saying, if, if people tend to think it's offensive, that's sufficient. Mm-hmm. Even if not that many think it's offensive, that's sufficient because the consequences, if we make the consequences light enough so that, uh, we don't have to worry about did we nuke did we nuke someone's right. account when we shouldn't have you know uh, if we if we can try to find some balance where people don't have to see stuff they don't want to see and we don't have to worry about whether or not we have done damage to somebody that we shouldn't have uh, we want to find some sort of a line that we can walk that allows us to and then the next thing we have those. to worry about is people review bombing yes yeah yeah, yeah and people will yeah because mm-hmm. people will, they'll abuse these systems but if the if the if the consequence of that is that your level's still there. People can still play it if they follow you, you know, all that kind of stuff. Then, then the, the consequences are actually very minor to you. Right. This when you review bombs you. Right. And yeah, so, so there, there is a, that final question, which is any moderation tool, basically any tool is also a weapon. Yep. Right. A hammer can put a nail in, but it can also put a nail into, your into a face. <laughs> so, so you always got to think about how could somebody use this in a way that would ruin everything. And, and I think the, the real question with sort of the review bombing thing is, you know, we're, we're going to have something akin to sort of top charts, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, top rated games or whatever. And if there's a, if there's a collection of say a hundred players, even whose whole thing is they just as a group go and just continually report all the top levels to suppress them or whatever, mm-hmm. um, just to be dicks. Cause you know, sometimes people, people just, it's are. the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would need to put mechanisms in place where basically, um, 
if, for example, like if these people engage in this behavior, that we can do stuff like make their reports essentially not count. Mm -hmm. So they would think that they're reporting and we would still let them do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just never, it never goes. The the key is to prefer muting over blocking whenever possible because people then just don't know that they're being policed. Mm -hmm. And if they don't know they're being policed, they can't come after you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because otherwise they, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. That's also how they. That's also how they figure out how to get around the the checks that you put in place. Um, but if they're invisible, and as far as the user can tell, they did. And this is why the, the strategy for bad usernames is just to have the user not know that other people just see a different username now. Mm-hmm. Because then, what you know, what it's going to take them a long time to realize what has happened, and by then, uh, the the disconnect is large, right between making the decision that caused it and actually seeing so it. I still like that Spider-Man video we found, the Spider-Man video game back in like early 2000, where if you put in any swear word for the name of your save, then Spider-Man just appeared and punched it and randomized the word. Yeah. <laughs> and we're so talking about like this. Ass, yeah, and it was like watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this and, I, and I was like, yeah, but the problem with this strategy is that it actually encourages users to put in bad words. Yeah, you're like, what can I, what bad words can I put in that Spider-Man knows about? <laughs> exactly. And now it's a fun mini game. Yeah. Which, you know. That's its own thing, I guess. I mean, it is, but now, but now you've encouraged people to explore the entire space of allowed names. That's true. Because that's now it's true. Fun but they might end do. up on like their fortieth ranked vulgar name as opposed to their top ten rank. You know, no, Maybe no, because people, because now people are going to ask how how horrible can I get it and not get punched by Spider Man? You know, yes. So they'll do all kinds of leet speak things, yep. swapping out letters for <laughs> symbols. You know. Yep. So it's it's better to have people like they'll put a word in and you're like, oh yeah, oh, great, we accepted that. And the person's like, he he he. And then we're in the back also going, he he because they don't know that we know. And then three weeks yeah, later, we got our eyes on you. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's gonna be it is gonna be very interesting once we go live just to see what kinds of nonsense nonsense people get up to and then and then try to come up with whatever strategies we can to just just kind of gently let people Again, this, like the mental image in my brain always when dealing with this stuff is the toddler trying to punch somebody where you just have your hand on their head and you're just keeping them at a distance because they can't reach you. Let them keep you know? swinging. You just let them keep swinging. Tie we'll themselves, themselves out. Eventually, eventually they go to mm-hmm. sleep. They go take a nap. Yeah. Maybe they grow up a little bit, come back later and enjoy themselves. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> where, where we're at in terms of our studio's trajectory is we, we believe that mastering web shit uh, is the mm-hmm. term. I believe it's a uh, Mastering web shit is real important for our future because having our players be able to form communities and have us be able to talk to our players, all that stuff allows us to to grow everything and, and sort of roll our successes forward. But I got to admit, I am very apprehensive about oh, yeah. just all of it. What this is going to mean in terms of what we have to do day to day in terms of dealing with these kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. So we might, we might be like, Hey, this is our course now. And then we'll launch level head and be like, never mind. Never you mind. Know, we're, we're, unpublished. Turn the we're, back uh, we're unpublishing this. Single player. <laughs> yeah. Just All the web stuff is off. Uh, you can now only play your own levels. <laughs> you can't talk to people. We're also deleting oh, man. everything. Mm-hmm. Just all yep. of it. So, yep. We'll see. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producer, Fat Bard, for making us sound good. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord and forums running. If you'd like to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, you can hop into our Discord server, which is at discord.gg slash bscotch, and come say hello. Also, congratulations to Discord for surpassing 90 million users this Jeez. past week. Yeah. That was pretty good. They're only three years old. That's nuts. Yeah. They're, they've somehow surpassed <laughs> us. 
Uh, also, if you'd like to adorn your body with butterscotch merch, you can check out our shop, which is over at shop.bscotch.net. We've got mugs, stickers, shirts. That's that's it. Posters also. Posters. Also posters. So if you like any of those things, then get on over there and get those. Also, if you'd like to send us something, we have a mailbox, uh, which you can find over at mailbox.bscotch.net. Nothing alive, nothing that will spoil. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.